Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I know you're excited about today's topic, and hopefully we'll blend a few thoughts as you share what we're looking at. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed this article in Ed Week, and, and honestly, because I don't think I had personally given it enough thought uh, about how rich our world became in visual and how challenging that is for students with visual disabilities to teach them from afar. And it really talked about this piece in Edweek talked about, you know, how do you teach Braille when you can't reach through Zoom and teach somebody how to touch something? And how do you teach mobility? Um, And this teacher was great and actually through Zoom made a little virtual community out of cardboard and had the child work on orientation skills. So I just thought it was one that as we start back for the school year, yeah, we'll still have a lot of these technological tools, but you and I both know that when kids have auditory or sensory needs, whether they're kids or adults, usually technology has some serious limitations. And I just want teachers to start the school year by not just saying, oh, we have technology, but what are the limitations of those technologies? Well, you know, when, when, when working with any, any child with any kind of a, a visual disability or motor disability or something that's very specific in that way, it's definitely difficult <laughs> remotely. I'll tell you, it's difficult even in person. Um, as you know, I had my nephew recently stay with me and Michael has severe uh, physical disabilities. And I spent a week just looking at different ways to build things for him out of PVC pipe and you know cushions and wedges and all the things that, that he does need in, in the physical setting. And so when you presented this article about kids with visual uh, limitations, it really got me thinking about, well, what would I do and what could I do at home um, to help support those needs? And one of the first things I was thinking is uh, using things like tape on the floor that has a feel to it so that I can start experimenting. Even if I have kids at home and I'm a teacher and I have kids who are not visually impaired, can I play around with making a little tape four square, you know, in my house and, and, and have my kids practice? Can they, can they feel it? Could they play a game in it? What could they do in that space if I define it well with something tactile? Because it's that kind of thinking that we have to take back to the classroom. Some of it we did learn because of COVID and we did have to be creative like the teacher you mentioned. But there's little things we can do even now you know, try a four square on the floor with tape, use a balloon, see what your kids can do and how it looks when you're watching kids try this. So we'll be ready to experiment when we get back to school. Yeah. And I have a a kind of a fun win for you to think about as you start back to the school year. And that is really a gift that people with visual impairments has given society. And that's this whole new gamut of audio description. And, And I have a funny story. Um, we moved in, uh, we're trying to build a new house and we moved into this little hut and I turned my TV on and I was like, what in the world? And I was like, wow, that's an interesting new show feature. I had no idea that I turned on the audio description feature because, you know, was, I was watching as a <laughs> man came off of elevator with grumpy face, holding a cup of coffee. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. And then I started thinking about it. I thought, wow, what a great gift for our kids who are very literal 
who don't get the gray of images and facial connections. So do think about all of the things that are in those accessibility features. And we've often talked about that, but I think we should stop assuming that it's for student A or student B or student C. And we should encourage every student to do that. I literally now have turned it on several times because now if you listen to that, you don't even have to be looking at the TV to get the story if you're cleaning the house. And, and I think those gifts that people with, with neurodiversity have given us, we need to not only celebrate, but we also have to be overly aware as kids walk in the door that one, we should empower them to ask for what they need, but we also should be ready to just have those things available um, and not assume that all technology levels the playing field for everybody. I think we all need to remember also that society has a vested interest in learning how to support visual impairment, because as we age, we all become more vulnerable. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm struggling with my mother who is losing her vision. And so even though she had her sight for obviously, you know, the majority, vast majority of her life, it's extremely scary for her now. And I, I think sometimes, you know, at least I'm more aware. And so if I'm in my seventies and losing my sight, I'm not going to be as, as afraid because I will know how to support myself. So, so maybe this is a good time for us to also think about, just like you mentioned with the, with the TV, the kind of supports that are available, cell phones, you know, she's struggling with her cell phone and it doesn't matter how many times we try to make it more accessible for her. It's just not helpful. You know, I'm ordering all kind of, of large decks of playing cards because I don't want her to miss out on the things that she's always enjoyed. So the more we can spend a little bit of time thinking about how to support these differences, the more you might find you need them with a family member or even yourself sooner rather than later. Yeah. My last point here is, you know, know thy student and ask thy student. I mean, I know that sounds really crazy, but I think as a school year starts, it's a great year not to look at what's broken in a student, but do understand what that limitation might be whether it's a writing disability, a reading disability, visual impairment, uh, you know, a hearing impairment. I think we too often assume what kids can't do or we assume what they need. And I think the best thing is to always ask the student, you know, not all students need a keyboard, not all students use braille, not all students want a sign language interpreter. And I think making those assumptions are dangerous, but not being prepared for what that student might want. So a simple email, this is a great time to say, Hey, you know, Mrs. Deeker, I understand that your son's going to be in my class. What does he need? Most parents are super happy to get that email and share with you things that have worked, or they might say, look, it's a new diagnosis. We don't know what works. Now, you know, you're in the boat together trying to figure it out, but the person that should be manning or womaning the ship should be the kid. The kid has to know how to use those features. You and I have seen that with multiple PhD students that are getting their doctorates with disabilities. They're so self-sufficient that if we don't do what they ask, they demand it. And that's what you really want to happen from as soon as the diagnosis happens throughout life for people with, with neurodiversity. So as, as, we, as we kind of round out the summer and think about supports, think about the simplest things first. I mentioned things like, you know, as easy as tape on the floor. But, but light strips, other, other ways of marking our classrooms differently. Even if we are going into the school year, not, not predicting that we'll have students who are low vision or blind, uh, we might. And so coming prepared with, 
with different things that we integrate as the norm in our classrooms, different ways of lighting, different ways of having tactile things around the classroom, then we're sure that we're going to be ready for anyone. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, send us a question on our Facebook page at Practical Access, or you can send us a tweet at Access Practical. Thanks.